you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 23 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am Bob Chichinsky here with you, as always, with my good friend, Dog Bark 24 Dog, how you doing this week, bud? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good, you know. Uh, really feeling the recent antiquities grind, but other than that, uh, you know, digging all this Greymore content digging you say hmm oh my god i've been doing a bunch of antiquities interesting what have i <laughs> dug myself into okay so um that is a great interlude to the fact that we will be covering antiquities this week we are going to bring you guys all the information you need to go out there and start excavating for yourself uh, it's a really fun new mechanic. Some people I've seen that are struggling with it or struggling maybe getting into it. They just are not really like getting it. It can be kind of confusing and tough. So we're going to try and bring all of the information that we've found here in one place to you. So you guys can enjoy this as much as I have and put ridiculous amount of hours into. So. Before all that jazz, let's start off with the news. And yeah, there's a, there's some news this week for the first time in a while, dogged, right? Yeah, it uh PC and Stadia is now a thing. So yeah, so now whenever uh so pretty much they now share servers with the launch of Graymore on Stadia. Well the ESO at all, I mean. The whole thing is out there now. I, people are playing on their phone and stuff. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And hopefully we can see, you know, same day release for all platforms. And because, you know, uh, you they have to do the uh, wait period for uh, Stadia, too. So. Well, also, one thing that's interesting, like Stadia, it's not going to have add ons, is it? That's a good point. Uh I have no idea. I have no idea either. I didn't see anything about that, and I have not asked. But, um, yeah, if it doesn't have add-ons, I think maybe cross-play could be something that we see in the future. Yeah, Stadia is definitely a step in. Who knows? It could be a direction. It could be back. Yeah, it could be good. <laughs> a direction. Regardless yeah. of which way it goes, we will find out. But, yeah, so it... It is a shared server, and uh, if you guys want to check that out, people are definitely playing Stadia on their iPads and phones, and you know, it's I, you have to have good internet. That's one one tough thing. Yeah. I don't know if dog could pull it off. <laughs> definitely not on my phone. <laughs> not on my Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So yeah, ESO on Stadia, and as far as ESO on uh, normal things. We have a hot fix here, and I know that you're all hoping it's probably something like the fences or the antiquities excavations having to dig spots that don't make sense. But no, 
It's that they recently completed a hotfix on all platforms. So the Dwarven Spiders, which are part of the Hajimota encounter in Nechonthankarks, which is a new public dungeon in Greymore, which is also in Blackreach, is what I really meant to say. But it's also in Greymore, so no longer award experience. No download is required for this change. Now, I know you guys may be asking, why is this the topic <laughs> that they brought us? Like, Bob, tell me. I don't know, guys. I don't have any answers. Uh, maybe that, you know, maybe that was a bug that they've been working on for a really long time. You know, they, they finally figured it out. We should be excited. I don't know. They are working on everything. I did read on the forums somewhere um, that they're going to start releasing incremental fixes for like the console. It's not all going to come in one patch, but I think that they're doing that in the hopes that we won't have to wait an entire DLC cycle to get a patch like we did last year. It was from elsewhere to the new dungeons. Like that was really rough. There was a lot of bugs that needed fixing. So yeah, I think that if they're going to like give like, here's a few fixes, here's a few fixes, here's a few fixes. And then here's more fixes when the new DLC comes out, then hopefully that works out. Well, I I've been, my experience has been pretty good so far. I I mean, bugs are bugs, but I, I I will. The most annoying one to me is the antiquities one, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh my uh my biggest thing is uh I kind of wonder is like did somebody like setting in a ticket like hey these dwarven spiders are giving me experience and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> like how did they figure out that was a problem that like that's kind of like my that's what i'm curious about someone they... <laughs> must have been down there like maybe there was like um you know how people will have like the bots and there'll be like a thousand sorks on top of each other and maybe someone was down there like farming but they don't really farm for xp they farm for yeah, stuff they farm, oh. yeah they farm mats and like canarthy's roost or any of the other, other opening zones yeah i i answers for that Uh, you can rack your mind for that one I don't know but hey at least they don't give experience now to people who shouldn't be getting it I don't know yeah so what about your uh, Graymore experiences here dog how have things changed for you in the last week alright so for, for vampires you know, I've I've been uh, feeding more, and let me tell you this: having the same level playing for a feed sucks. Because if you're on a tiny hill, or they're, you're standing on the top of a rock, or they're standing just a little bit below you, you can't feed. So those little rocks or tiny hills are vampires' worst enemies. And then when you do get to feed at least for consoles right now, uh, when you murder civilians, you don't want to loot them because the fence is broken, and then you're going to be like me, and you can't do antiquities on your main because you have, like, a ridiculous amount of inventory space dedicated to stolen items, and you don't want to get rid of it because it's like, I just can't. (laughs) 
good people died for me to have that loot. Stop stealing things, dog. Yeah. I also found out that uh, the purifying Bloody Mara is your best friend while questing. So you can actually talk to people and they won't be mad that you're a bloodthirsty vampire. And But they'll, still, they'll still be mad at you if you're a wanted criminal for murder and thieving. Oh, and uh, no health recovery sucks when you jump down mountains because you don't get health recovery back and you just kind of die. All right, so for werewolves, uh, you know, with werewolves, you have to watch out for werewolves jabbing guards. And then if you were as confused as me when you saw this visual glitch, albeit it is kind of funny to see, I'm glad I don't play any werewolves right now, even though I do need those werewolf achievements, which is... Wow. And for anyone who doesn't know... Uh, what it what it was happening is that werewolves will be, uh, they have like some kind of bug where, whenever like guards will find you and they'll be like, oh, you're a werewolf farm and you might not be in werewolf form, and even other players can see it too. All right, and then for my last uh Graymore experience, I uh it was with the hail storms, and I found out that the lightning strike at the beginning of the storm is killer to players too. It's not just a visual thing, and that is very shocking. Get it? I was struck by lightning in the in the clip I posted on Twitter in our dis and in our Discord. It was very shocking, and I now uh, now why were you in the middle of all these people there, dog? What exactly were you doing? I was playing uh, Ragnar the Red. <laughs> and to the travelers, I was giving them nice music, and I guess the witches didn't like it. There you I go. No that's, music for them. That's why. <laughs> I don't think it just kills anyone. I think the witch was mad at your uh, your bard skills. I guess. I mean, it didn't kill the other guy who was playing the loot. So maybe I maybe I hummed off key or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Dog definitely died. And it is a funny video. I would go check it out. But we also have some new crown crates. And right off the bat, I'm going to say personal opinion of these Nightfall crown crates. Eh. Like, they all right. What about you, dog? I mean, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. But let me tell you, those Radiant Apex mods, when they spawn in, it is shocking. And... <laughs> the Centrod is sick, though. Uh, all puns aside, it is really... That's yeah. like the one thing I would like... Oh, I would freak out if I got the Centrod. I, like, yeah, I saw somebody with that. I was like, man. Already? Oh my yeah, God. it's... I, I saw somebody with that Centrod, and I was like, man, I, I know I won't be able to get that, no matter how many... Crown crates I, I would want to buy. And yeah. I really don't like the central mounts, but just be able to, you know, spawn in yeah, with him. a little aerial storm swirling around you. That'd be sick. Dude, and like, I got, um, so like, you know, it was my birthday a couple weeks ago. And like, I think the day of my birthday, they uh, like announced that the next ones were coming in a week. They didn't even announce it. They just put the timer on the current crates. And I was like, oh crap. Like, I'm not, and, like, my brother sent me some money for crowns, and I was like, 
I'm not gonna like get crown crates or do anything until the new ones come out. So I waited and I got 15. And ah man, yeah, clearly no, I did not get a <laughs> apex mount or a radiant apex. Of course not. Um. Which I didn't really mind. There is a couple of things in the that are expensive, like in the hundred section that I would like, and I got none of those, of course. <laughs> and um, I really, I just like I got fifteen of those grades, and I got really none of the things that I thought were cool. There's like a hairstyle in there that looks kind of like ridiculous, not ridiculous, but it's like it's poof. It's like big. Growing trim, the pirate hair. Yeah, maybe. I think it's like poofier. Yeah, I think poofier so. That I like quite the word <laughs> I created. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, some cool. They have the accursed death, which is uh, like a realistic kind of like zombie polymorph. So like when I think of it, I, when I think of it, I kind of thought of it like of a zombie from like a Black Ops games. I mean, maybe that's just me, though. There are some uh, cool emotes like Tame Lightning, uh, Play Tiny Violin, the Sigic Comic Starburst, and the Falk Wreath Frolic, which is probably my favorite. <laughs> Dude, that dance is amazing and hilarious. I tweeted about it the first day, like, immediately. I was like, I have to clip this. I have to trim it. I have to do other <laughs> best before anyone else does it like and yeah, it was I, I was very yeah. I was very excited but i didn't get that of course either you even teabag like once or twice in the clip too or like three in the times, dance dude three <laughs> times and you do like the like cheerleader like throwback just smack kick just the high kick man <laughs> you kick the bejeebus out of the ground man it's it's good <laughs> yeah uh, they have some cool furnishing like gray, the Graymore Tapestry Hangar Storm and the Vampire Fountain Bat Swarm. Uh, they have a the uh, Frostbite Spider Pet. Uh, they have cool like cosmetic stuff like the uh, Graymore Leakanthrope Shield and Staff. Those are both pretty cool. They have the Innkeeper, which is pretty much just a pirate attire, which is pretty interesting for it to be an Innkeeper. And. Oh, they have Debella's Crescendo Tam, which I wrote as AKA it's an umbrella hat because it looks <laughs> like an umbrella. Looks like an umbrella. I don't know if I would say umbrella, but yeah, the hats in there, they're horrible. So bad. They also have the hair that I was talking about. And if you ever played Skyrim and been like, man, I've all these frostbite spiders that are literally everywhere. Every five steps I take in a cave, frostbite spider, frostbite spider. I really want that as a pet. Well, here is your day, my friends. You can now have it. And guess what? I got this out of my crates. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And there's also one thing that I would really like which I think is pretty hilarious. The play tiny violin emote. And I was like, 
are they gonna have you like mimic you know no you literally have the world's tiniest violin <laughs> in your hands and you play it it is hilarious almost as good as the teabag dance that they gave us for <laughs> pvp i don't know what's gonna be better like i was so excited to use both of those <laughs> and i didn't get either so there you go and they also have the sigic cosmic starburst which you throw a freaking sun into the sky it's pretty cool so what about you dog are you gonna be buying a bunch of those crates man um what are some of the things other than the centra that you're excited for uh pretty much the uh well the the dance uh the play tiny violin um and the bat swarm uh the vampire fountain bat swarm those are all things that i am pretty interested in and i don't know if i'll be buying crates but uh, i might just use my uh hundreds of uh crown gems to get some of them there's also the one where you throw the reliquary like jar down to the ground that one is pretty cool the emote yeah i think it was in the 40 section but i thought that was cool it explodes in like red and blue it's like whew. i don't know it's cool so that though is gonna wrap it up for our news Part of the episode, I told you guys we had some news this week, man. So we are going to go right into the PvP side of things. Cyrodiil is popping. Um, You've been playing some Cyrodiil, right? Recently, dog. You've been up in there. Yes. Yes, I have. My one time in there was very, very depressing. And yeah, we probably shouldn't get into it, but uh, yeah. Uh, Gray host is very laggy, and you, you even lag when you uh, try to solo farm a resource. You're not solo farm, but solo cap a resource. I I went in there this morning and spent probably only about a half hour in there, but I wasn't lagging too bad, man. I was having a good old time. Uh, of course, it was Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, but you know... <laughs> Yeah. Not mm-hmm. prime time for sure to say the least. I definitely wasn't there during prime time, so hopefully yeah. it's just the you know prime time gray host problem. Maybe, yeah, hopefully. All right, but uh oh one thing that I uh noticed is like when the yellow had like probably like a ninety man group with the hammer, so you know it's a typical hammer zerg, uh someone in zone says zone chat said when in doubt lag them out. And I thought that was pretty funny. And it was actually, it ended up being true because a lot of us ended up lagging out for after that uh, hammers or came through the wall. Not like, I don't think we would have been able to defend it at all because it, you know, there's like 90 people there, but it was, uh, I definitely thought it was funny. And then it happened to me and I was like, man, this is karma for thinking it was funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think that's what he meant is like you guys. Uh, I think he meant <laughs> like them. Um, <laughs> whatever works. I'm just kidding. But yeah, PvP has been interesting. Uh, Dog has been doing some Greyhost. I 
did some battlegrounds working on a sork been trying a mythic piece the snow treaders piece and the first night i finally got to get in there and play it was so late and i was pretty drunk and i think that i was just excited to be in there on my sork and i didn't really notice i just had some decent rounds first time really on a sork doing pvp mag sork and i was like okay okay i like this um and then the next day i really i was streaming and i really played <laughs> them and i was like man dude i'm getting stunned by a lot of stuff and this snow trader set is supposed to stop all snares and immobilizations which me and dog got into you know a discussion of what that truly means and yeah clearly fears are not on that list and, and fear is a special kind of sun. But. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. I think I'm definitely going to try some of the other stuff out too. But uh, yeah, getting back into some PvP. And I have kind of been searching for a bit of a purpose recently in Xbox ESO. And then Graymore came out and was like, Antiquities, Antiquities, Antiquities. And I did like all that. And I'm kind of like, okay, like, what now again and i went in pvp today and i was like ah i kind of feel like I, I might be coming back to that pvp vibe after five months since mid-year maybe it's just like every mid-year now that's like <laughs> really the pvp comes out and us dog has been in there and then i've just like had the feeling and i just really enjoyed it today so you might hear some uh, some PvP stuff out of us here in the next few weeks. Who knows? This uh, current state of serial section may be a bit longer than just the scores. But anyways, speaking of scores, we got them for you. As always, all six servers this week. How is your faction faring? Well, in PCNA, there are only two days left as we record on a Saturday night, I don't know, June 20th. Yeah, it sounds right. So if you listen to this two days after, I don't know, it's probably reset. But things are solidifying for first place. Ebonheart Pack, 85.8K, way in the lead. In second, we have ad at 80k 80.1 these ones are close so we got to get into the minute details 80.1 dc 79.2 and we're talking oof less than 2000 just barely less but less than 2000 points away with two days i don't know if they could overcome that gap it would be quite the push come on dc go get in a second place I'm going to say EP probably locks that one up. And as well, they are probably going to lock up this EU side of things. Looking at EP 94.8K leading. In second place, you have AD once again, 75K. And unfortunately, in last, the Daggerfall Covenant, 65.8K. Way back. Those scores, I can guarantee you two days the, that leaderboard won't change, so you're gonna be looking at an EP, maybe an EP sweep for PC again this month. So, how about on the Xbox side of things, dog? 
All right, for Xbox NA, we have 18 days left in our campaigns. And we have, in first, the Daggerfall Covenant with 45k. And second, we have the Ebonheart Pact with 30.7k. And then in last, you have the Outermary Dominion with 27.9k. And then, similarly, in Xbox EU, we also have the Daggerfall Covenant in first with 39.1k. And then closer behind is the Ebonheart Pack with 37.1k. And then in last place, you have the AD with 28k. And I don't think they're going to come back, but who knows? Well, we got the DC both in the lead again, so that much at least is pretty awesome. And AD in last, like, in both campaigns, they haven't even hit 30k. And we're almost halfway through the campaign so yeah <laughs> yeah but as far as ps4 stuff goes as always lotus of doom sent us some scores this week but it was so absolutely sickening to see the Almary dominion in first place that we waited some extra days now nah, i'm just kidding but since we did get all recent scores today. I was like, I may as well get some recent PS4 NA ones. And luckily, Old Mary Dominion was not in first place anymore. But DC still in last. That sucks. But anyways, let me just get straight into it. So PS4 NA. Evan R. Pack. There you go, Lotus. They're back in first. 39.5K. I'm sure that, you know, he he's the one leading them to victory. And then you got the Old Mary Dominion. Right behind them, 36k and Daggerfall Covenant bringing up the caboose in 32k. But on PS4 EU, we got DC in first, baby. Daggerfall Covenant, you love to see it. 43k first place, Evanhart Pack second, 36k. All Mary Dominion in last, 28k. So, yeah. We've got DC leading three campaigns. That's half of them. The other half are led by the EP. So, yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty good. Keeping the AD down, because the AD is always the faction that should be in last. Even though, unfortunately. DC is losing a couple, but that's okay. We we look past those. We look to the victory. <laughs> Yeah, just and, look at, you know, Xbox, you know? Yeah, exactly. We look to the ones who are leading, and <laughs> I feel like Zoss has had quite the victory in putting out the antiquity system in the Elder Scrolls Online because, oh my gosh, it is freaking awesome. I didn't even think I was going to like it that much, but wow, I, it took me by storm. And I am really excited to just give you guys all the info on this new system. And uh, I wanted to start with just kind of our general opinions. I could go on forever, but what about you, dog? How have you been uh, finding this new system through these first, you know, Graymore? I guess it's been a full week now. Yeah, it's been a. Uh... From the little bit that I've been doing it, it's uh, kind of been fun. Um, 
once I get what I want, though, I don't think I'll ever be, you know, doing antiquities ever again, unfortunately, because overall, I really don't like it as much as, you know, you do. But that's just, you know, my opinion. I, I don't really uh, like the mini games. I'd rather go uh, farm monster trophies than go farm leads. But then again, I'm probably the only person in ESO who wants to go farm those monster trophies. So, well, that's true. You you know you are weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I think you, that you're gonna find that you're wrong, and the the more you keep seeing the cool things that you could get, you're gonna want some. Especially some of the furnishings. Like the more I keep like seeing an actual picture of, not just reading the name, I'm like oh dang that is freaking awesome i need to go get that so i think for the furnishing game it's pretty big too but oh speaking of that just reminded me my house hit full capacity and i wanted to cry the other night it's like what do i what what do i do i want to take stuff away yeah we just have to wait and hope that they uh, figure out how to allow us to have more furnishings for our houses or you have to make a new house. I mean, a notable <laughs> home, like these big, huge mansions, you need more than 700. It should be at least 1,000. Especially, they're giving out some now that have nothing. Like the Meadowland and elsewhere and the Cold Harbor Estate. Like You have to build from the ground up. 700 is nowhere near enough for that. Yeah, Barely enough for one that's you know has stuff in there already. Yep, like our pirate ship. But, so we don't totally go off on housing. That's a conversation for another day. Let's stick with the antiquities. And where do you start them? Well, you start them in solitude. Over right by the Bard's College. It's right next to it. It's the antiquarian's, you know, hovel. I'm just kidding. I don't Oh, is that what it is? Antiquarian Circle? I think so. Uh, that's at least what the group's called. Okay, well, that's cool. So you go there, and uh, you start the quest. They'll take you through a little tutorial where you probably won't learn much. At least I didn't, that's for sure. And then uh, you'll probably come out of it like, all right, so yeah, now I can do this, and I have no idea what's going on. And yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. Don't worry. But that is where you start it. If you've done the Daggerfall Covenant uh, quest line, you will see Gabrielle back there, who is freaking awesome. And if you come out of there feeling a little bit lost, there's plenty of guides online. YouTube has countless amounts of them. Um, Plenty of the content creators have put out their own Inklings guide. has been one I've used since day one. Ninja614 also partnered with him to get it on his site, and it has a nice uh, mobile version and everything, and it's very well done there. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking theirs out. Alcast has a very similar one that is very well done, and we are pulling exact numbers from all of these sites, and definitely theirs too. So, um, yeah, if you guys need further help than all the information we're about to give you that stuff is out there for you and 
I think uh, let's just get right into it, right, Doc? Well, first off, you know, we have two skill lines for this antiquity stuff. And the first one is the excavation skill line, where you have a hand brush. And what you do is you remove a single layer of soil or rock while excavating. And this is a basic tool that you will be using constantly. Yeah, it's like the main tool, pretty much. Like, once you're doing an excavation, the first thing you do is scry some of the areas using the auger, which we'll talk about next. But, and then you will use a hand brush to dig down and see, you know, find the antiquity. And uh, the morph of it allows you to find, you get more inspiration. And the inspiration, it's with each stroke of the hand brush, builds up your little, uh, I don't know, I'm going to call them superpowers, because that's pretty much what they are. So it builds up your superpower bar over there to the right and activates your other passives when it gets far enough. And let's use your superpowers. So, yeah, the hand brush is really awesome. You'll be using it all the time, and if you get down to it, it kind of where I feel like, you know, end game level of antiquities, you're going to be using it like not as much. You'll use it as needed to proc your superpowers pretty much. So going into the next one, we have the auger passive, which this is where you're going to be scrying at the start to indicate how near the antiquity is to the selected location. Now it's going to be like, boom, puts you in there and you're like what do i do press a i like to start right around the middle somewhere like kind of get a good jive like maybe like a few to the right few to the left like few to the down right corner you know diagonal over there um so you're gonna be looking to find the green you want it if it's green you're on the antiquity and i like personally when i find a nice green one i'll switch to the hand brush dig down see the antiquity and if you can get a good look at the antiquity you can gauge which direction it's going to be going and then you could use your extra um you know abilities powers of the auger to uh locate the other gold squares where you're going to need to dig this is very helpful at all times but it will be indispensable when you are going for gold leads, this is going to be something you need to have practice at. And, you know, it's a good thing to have, you know, one thing in your back pocket always to try and find that extra spot you need to dig. So that is the auger. What about the trowel, dog? All right, so the trowel, it uh, removes a deep but narrow portion of soil and rock while excavating. So this is just like, it'll do like two or three holes down of one square. Uh, you definitely want to be careful when using it because if you dig too far down, you'll damage your antiquity. But this is especially helpful in certain situations where your uh, soil might be very high or you can use it to detonate and trigger the like fissures, the uh, rock fissures from blowing up and damaging your antiquity also yeah that's uh that's when you morph it but yeah you're totally right it's you have to be careful 
digging down because damaging your antiquity can mean the end of a dig and no one wants that but this is also a very important thing i mean it's not one i always use but it's something that i really personally like like if you're running out of time quote unquote because each time you hit something, it takes away an amount of time from the top, which is a weird system, but I don't know. It's pretty much how much hits you have left. And if you're running out, it's nice to use this trowel, which superpower again, it's a superpower. And it like if you need one spot left on your antiquity and you don't have a lot of hits left with your hand brush, switch to trowel, boom clear that out in one hit it's awesome next one we have the keen eye for the dig sites which yes it's a keen eye passive this is going to make things easier for you to see from a further away distance so it makes antiquity dig sites easier to see and antiquity dig site what the heck is it when you are doing a lead you scry it and then it shows you the location and you look for the dig site within it that dig site will now glow a nice green little glow and uh it's not as helpful as the resource node one but it's close and it's definitely better than nothing i like it and uh for what it's worth makes them a little bit easier to find all right next up we have the excavators re reserves and what this does is that it increases the amount of time you have available when excavating which is very helpful for the, your uh higher up level dig sites yeah that one is you know self-explanatory how awesome it is and when you get the extra you know second part of the passive and it gives you more time it is freaking legendary especially when you're doing gold leads so with the next one we have the heavy shovel and i'm very glad that um somehow in the order it worked out where i get to talk about this one because it is my favorite part of the excavation thing it removes a full layer of dirt and rocks within a large area pretty much your new best friend this can take out six squares of the same level the dirt and knock them all down i think two layers when the passive is fully upgraded you have a chance of it not costing any intuition to use which means you can immediately use it again and sometimes i've even got to use like three times in a row so it uncovers six squares this is what i do when going for a mythic lead pretty much every time like i said i like to find the gold square where i find you know okay this is it i dig down hopefully i see a corner of it okay it's going this way i start leveling out all the squares around it don't choose that one as the middle one because the middle square that you click will be the six squares around it or five squares around it will be the ones so you want to put your antiquity kind of like at the top maybe layer of where you're going or the side most layer and then dig 
down an extra path around it. So the intuition is an important thing. And when you use your hand brush, you gain intuition. So when I tell you to find a green square and then dig down that first green square, that is not only going to tell you, hopefully, what way your antiquity is going under the ground, but it's going to gain you enough intuition if, as long as you have a second pass of the hand brush in one little dig down to find it to be able to use this passive. So even if it doesn't give you enough, it's okay because you need to start leveling out the ground. They all have to be the same level of soil. And what that means is uh, each level has a different look, like it's a bit rockier, it's more dirt, it's a different color dirt, it's a different color dirt and rockier, you know. They're very easy for you to tell what is what, and as long as you get them all to the same layer, when you dig it down, boom, boom, chunks a huge section down. It's awesome, and it's something that I use uh, every time that I'm going for one of the mythic leads. So uh, keep that one in your back pocket. It will change your life. What about the last one, dog? Or you got something to say? Yes, I actually have a couple things to say. One, it's a three by three square. So it's nine squares, not, not six. But then also... Yeah, you're right. Yes, of course I'm right. I am docked. I am always <laughs> right. Um, but uh, let's see. Troll got the trolling Bob out of the way. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and then also be careful on how much like intuition you build up because uh, if you use your heavy shovel when you have like, you know, the two bars full, uh, it does, you know, double. So you can accidentally destroy your uh, purple antiquity and have to redo the entire dig over again because you messed up or more specifically, I messed up. Because I did that. Yeah, it happens pretty often that you're going to hit it too far. And I mean, if you use the superpowers, you know, <laughs> sometimes you're too powerful. But one thing that's cool about this that we actually didn't have written, so I'm glad we get to talk about it. When you fail a dig, don't freak out. It's not going to make you scry it over again. It's not going to make you run to a new location. It's not going to make you wait 12 hours. Guess what? You get up out of it. You hit your antiquarian's eye. And you go within the same excavation area to a new dig site. And you could do this as many times as you need. It's freaking awesome. And I, I think probably... The fact that it's still a little glitched on the gold ones where you have to dig this like kind of extra side squares with nothing. That's when I was like, okay, I have to use these superpowers because you, when you're going for those gold ones, if you or only the use the hand brush, yeah, but if you only use the hand brush on the gold ones, you have to be pretty much perfect. Like, you don't yeah. not have a lot of extra time at all it's like every stroke counts so much so that's why i was like i have to use the powers like more and i have to use them better and cracking it just became a part of it it's like well 
I have better luck of doing this than actually like just clearing out each piece. And then the last thing, which is, you know, my personal favorite of this uh, excavation skill line is the keen eye treasure chests. And the treasure chests will be easier to see. And now I can see treasure chests pretty good, but there's definitely times where, you know, if you're farming gear, seeing that little blue glow off in the distance can be very helpful. Uh, especially when you're farming, you know, maybe a DLC dungeon, or maybe you're just farming a dungeon that you don't really know all the chest locations because you haven't done it a hundred million times. So it's definitely going to be your best friend for that. Yeah, going through dungeons, I've already, like, found chests that I would have never found before. So it's helped me a lot already. And it's the same glow as the dig site one. So it's not the resource node yellow glow. It's more of a green kind of glow coming out of it upwards. It's, it's different, but it's there. Next, we have the scrying skill line. And as far as this goes, this is when you start a lead. The first thing you're going to have to do is scry for it. So it brings up this thing. All these different like symbols and like looks kind of like, you know, intimidating. There's some whirling areas and you're like, what the heck? So your goal is going to be to connect pretty much the dots. And you're going to need to start with the first little small area. Like, I, I don't know really how to put this into words because without, like, you guys getting to see it. But I know that most of you guys have probably tried it so you can picture it in your mind. I had the hardest time understanding where you start on this thing for a while. <laughs> like, I, I was like, do I just click anywhere? Like, do I click one that's connecting to one? You start at the very bottom. And it does say that, but I don't know where I missed it. So you start at the very bottom and you have to build up uh usually there is a spinning circle right there if you're going for a high level one if you're going for a blue or green they're on the outsides usually now this can be a little tough at first um unlike excavation though the powers are insane the superpowers are superpowers and you will become superman and if you have this at level 10 i will tell you how to get every gold lead in a guaranteed fashion scryed immediately like right off the rip by the end of this episode but that's going to be in our tips and tricks section at the end so you gotta stick around for that anyways when you start it's it could be a little bit to get them all connected the thing is there's areas where they have the same symbol and everywhere where the same symbol touches when you choose it, it's going to be like, bloop, give you all this area where we're all connected. And if you move the thing around, you can find different areas where ones are touching. This can be complicated for, you know, some people just are like, I don't get it. That's okay. It is not as hard as it looks. And the first power you unlock is making this like extra area where all the things are, you know, 
can make similar. I really shouldn't talk too much about them all because we're going to go into them all. But yeah, the superpowers, I will just say that they will make it really awesome for you guys. So yeah, the first passive, they're the first thing right off the rip. It is uh, the antiquarian insight. And this is going to be like a crafting thing. Uh, there's five levels of it. The first one, it allows you to do green, second blue, third purple, fourth gold, fifth Zoss. What is this? What? Z- Come on. What are these secrets? Is there some new colored thing out there that I'm not understanding? Because the mythic items are orange, not gold. And I thought you were going to have to do five gold leads to get a mythic item orange lead and then go do that lead. And that would make sense why there's an extra skill point beyond the gold. But that's not how it works. When you do all five gold leads, it just gives you the mythic item. So... Yeah, I want to know. I'm excited. I I want to see what this new ultimate level thing. I'm pretty sure that's what they called it. So maybe they have plans. I don't know. I want to see. Right, now, next time during the next dungeon DLC, right? <laughs> maybe. Maybe they make you wait longer. Who knows? So next up, we have Skyers Patience. This will give you additional turns when scrying. One or two, depending on what level it is. And you're going to want all the turns you could get, pretty much, for sure. I would say that. That's definitely one of the earlier on ones. Just got to give you some turns. The next one is Coalescence. This uses a magic charge, and the magic charges... All your superpowers for scrying use magic charges, and you get a base amount right off the start. So this is your first superpower, and it reads that it uses a hexagonal cluster and converts all affected things into the same symbol. So this is the one that I was kind of going to go into earlier, but held back. But Yeah, first superpower turns a whole area of things into the symbol that you're looking at in the middle. So as long as you have this up against the lines that you already have selected, the symbols you have selected, you will be able to turn all of them into one and then grow out from beyond that. So one thing you want to look for when you're doing this is that the one you're turning them all into has extra connections of the same one outside of the hexagonal cluster you're turning them into. Because then, not only will you turn a whole cluster into one big thing, but the extensions of that going out beyond will also all connect. And it really can help you uh, going forward. Now, the morph of this, it just makes it even bigger and more awesome and... It's a great superpower, honestly. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite abilities, especially when you get to level two and you have the two magic char- charges. All right, so the next 
passive that we have is the future focus and this gives uh one extra magical charge and then the second level gives you two extra magical charges which sounds pretty op because right now i only have the one extra magical charge but if i have another one man that's just three of them i can use right off the rip that's a lot <laughs> yeah it's it's even more than that right off the rip it's a pretty vast amount. I would say you could probably use at least I don't know. I maybe each of them no, they all say they only use a magic charge. Yeah. Yeah. Well you can like yeah, like for example, I use the coalescence and what I'll do is like I'll use both of them and then I'll pretty much make it so that they both somehow connect. It's a little bit difficult, but if you just have the right one with a little bit of luck, you can actually do it. But then, mm -hmm. then when I t when I use it, it'll pop off like the other stuff, so I'll get even more magical charge after that. So yeah, each one that every time you actually choose a symbol to go on, it builds up towards a magic charge. So. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have the dilation. This also uses magical charge. And then this claims all the same symbol, what is touching the control area you have. And then, Bob, do you know what uh, the second level does? Because from what I read it, it said that it claims all the same symbol. But I don't know if that, if I, I could have read that wrong. And I really don't know. Yeah, it says it claims all the same symbol. I think it does. but. I thought that was going to be a really awesome one, and it doesn't. It never seems to work the way I want it to. So it says claims all the same symbol, but it seems like it's only in a certain area or something. I, I'm I'm really not sure. I know that I have it maxed out, but it doesn't seem to do what it says. But maybe I'm just reading it wrong or interpreting what i'm supposed to be seeing differently but says that it just claims all of one symbol but i don't remember ever specifically doing that yeah i think you have to choose one that is already connected to your one and then it will choose all the other ones maybe but if it isn't already connected to your thing then you like you can't just go choose anyone but i don't know i that one's kind of weird the one I use the most is the next one, which is Farsight. It uses a magic charge, of course, and claims a line of symbols from your control area four symbols out. The morph allows you to gain six symbols out. And let me take a deep breath here because I have a lot to say about the magic of this power. This is the one where once you are level 10, not even level 10, level 9 in Scrying, you will be a god. All you need to do is get enough symbols up to the very first whirling circle right in the middle. Then you use Farsight on the next up symbol. Go straight up, hit your next whirling circle. Then you have a straight line going throughout the whole thing. Now you only need an X going out both ways. So you use your, once again, Farsight on Xbox's right bumper. 
shoot out one way, go down two squares, shoot out another way. It will connect with each one. You literally will have enough charges to do all of the circles. And you probably only have to actually like choose a symbol of five times. You never will get ever close to only having a couple of selections left. It's absolutely broken and 100% effective. That is the power that breaks scrying and makes it so, so OP. Wow, that sounds magical. <laughs> Quite so, my good friend. All right. And then the last one, we have the preemptive power. For this one, you start each scrying attempt with an additional row of symbols already claimed. And that sounds OP, and I can't wait to be able to use that. Because I think you have to have scrying level 9. Yeah, it's alright. It's pretty much just, like, the first little area where you would choose, like, your first circle, it's already done. So, whether that is connecting to anything or not, mine has never gone further out than, like, three squares. And it's never actually, like, had the first swirly thing in it. So. Oh, I kind of just, like, you know, I thought that was, like, just claiming, like, the next three above it. Above from where you start off, which is, which I think would be super helpful. Because yeah. a lot of times, yeah. it's like, I have, like, those three. And That's they exactly might be connected to only one or two. And yeah, it's hard to, like, very for sure. start anything off. And then it's like, um, it makes it where you have those three, and then as long as you're doing a purple or gold, the first one you press connects you to the next circle. So then you click that one, and then you use my strategy of the far side, go straight up to the next one, and then just go from there. And it makes you have one less click, pretty much. And with that, We are through the skill lines, and we have, you know, of course, some some locations of some cool stuff and some tips and tricks left for you guys. But we wanted to take this little middle portion of our episode, as always, to remind you that we are part of the wildly popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, where you can find us and many other great shows at robotsradio.net. This week, well, not the current week, but next week at least, on the new episode of the DL Gaming News Podcast, another proud member of the Robots Radio Network, you can hear the one and only me, Bochichinsky. Uh, They invited me to be on there, super generous of them, and talk about this show that, you know, we all love so much. That's what we're all here for, right? Um, and yeah, and just about other girls online and they are two non-believers that, you know, I may or may not have convinced to play some scrolls. So you will have to go check that out for yourself. And yeah, you know, if you can't get enough Chichinsky, that's the place to go. So once again, deal gaming news, I will be on there and new episode drops on Monday. Go check them out. And here is their ad. Hey there, my name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. 
Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hey, everyone. It's your host, Bob Chichinsky, here with some exciting news for you. Have you ever heard of Loot Crate? They offer all kinds of awesome bundles sent directly to your door with all kinds of different themes, including our favorite series, The Elder Scrolls, and also other cool themes like Fallout, Marvel, gaming, anime, all kinds of stuff. Honestly, there's a bunch. You guys should definitely go check it out. And as part of the Robots Radio Network, we here at the Red Diamond Courier are excited to offer you guys a sweet 15% off discount to your first order with Loot Crate on any of the awesome crates we mentioned above. Not only does it get you a discount on some limited edition merch, it also helps support our show with every crate sold. So, if you're interested, make sure that you use the link in our show notes down there, you know, just scroll down in our episode there, you'll see it, because that's how they know that we sent you there. Then, all you have to do is use the code ROBOTSRADIO to get your 15% off discount. We thank you guys very much for all the support, as always. And now, back to the show. All right, all right, all right. So, so, dogged. Apparently, I'm just going to say every word multiple times. <laughs> Sounds like the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, something new every week, I guess. Or not. But antiquities, man. So we have these skill lines. We we know where we go. We know that you have a tutorial. We know that there's superpowers and all this stuff. Now, what about, like, how do you start this? Where is, like, can you just go anywhere and just do a lead? Like, what is this? No, you cannot. You cannot do leads in Blackreach. But pretty much everywhere else, you can. That's right. Well, I actually didn't know you can do them in Blackreach, but that's probably just because it's a general part of Western Skyrim, I guess. That's a whole other antiquated thing to get into. Antiquated. Oh, man. Crack myself up. But anyways, yeah. Like Doug said, you can pretty much go to any area because each area gives you a free green lead that you can do infinitely. It also gives you a blue lead and a purple lead that will be need to be earned. And as far as the blue, you could do a green infinite unlocks a blue. Do the blue, then you got to do a green. Get the blue, then you do a blue. Purple, not so much. You get to do, you know, one and then, you know, then later you got to do again i don't know but at first you're only gonna be able to do the green ones anyways so it's okay now there's a lot of different ways to level this up you don't have to power grind it you know you can just you know enjoy 
the uh, grind of leveling of leveling this out. And you could level up anywhere you want since it gives you free leads. But if you're wanting to level fast and power level, you're more suited to go to a small area where you're not going to be running all over the place constantly. That's where Arteum is popping so much right now. I've seen people saying Ivea is better. It's not. There is like way too much. All kinds of crap you have to run over there. Um, I did some in like Strosum Kai and like uh, Canarthi's, those small areas. Those seem to be pretty all right too. So if you don't just want to grind one, there are other options. You can go try a few different things. And yeah, if you're not wanting to grind, you don't have to. You could just go do each zone right off the rip. Uh, you know, start with the green ones. I would recommend at least going somewhere and like doing a few to get it up to three. That way you could go do green and blue ones everywhere. But, you know, that's just a personal thing. I don't like to take things slow when it comes to ESO. Probably why we do a podcast on it, right, dog? But yeah, so. Once you get those skill lines up to three, you're going to be able to use blue leads. And that is clearly, you know, your way to grow towards purple leads, which you will be able to use at level five. And that is when the whole world pretty much unlocks for you because you could go to the green unlock the blue do the blue and unlock the purple and do that in every single zone it's a free one of each and every one and it's really important as far as leveling up that you go do that kind of stuff anyways so once you do the green and the blue then you can do the purple and it's awesome you do it all freaking over the place the green are going to give you one XP for your skill lines for for both, you know. So you can complete the excavation and then it gives you one XP for scrying and excavation for a green lead. Blue is three XP, purple five, gold ten. Now, clearly those sound like low numbers. And yes, they kind of are. Because the total XP needed for a max level is 700. Once again, all these numbers are from the Inklings and Ninja 614 uh, guide. Very good job, you guys. So you're going to need 700 total XP. But to get to level 5, you are only going to need 90 XP. And that is going to be farmed by blue and green leads. So, you know, it's not too bad. You can get to level five, do the purple ones. Level seven is all you need. Once you hit level seven, you could do everything to get mythic items, do the gold leads. There's still none of these ultimate ones. So we will find that out when it happens. But yeah, that is... Uh, those are the facts for leveling up. It's a bit of a grind. I think it's enjoyable, though. As far as grinds go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Grind is a grind. Now, 
What about when you're uh, farming these leads, dogged? How uh, how how do you get them? Is it hard? Are people falling apart at the seams trying to get them, or is it super easy? You can farm leads pretty much anywhere. Uh, a lot are going to come from bosses, public dungeons, delves, dungeons, world bosses. So pretty much any kind of boss. You can also get them from like random mob chests, resource nodes, thieves troves, fishing, psychic portals. Yeah, I think that's about everything that you can get far elites from. Oh, and lockboxes too. Can't forget about those lockboxes. Yeah, so pretty much everything in the game. Yeah, pretty much everything in the game. That's uh, <laughs> definitely one way to sum it up. <laughs> you could get leads from any freaking where. And as far as the difficulty in them, it's not the worst thing in the world. But for me, it made ESO feel a little bit like an MMO of pure MMO again where I had to go into a dungeon I've already done plenty of times and just farm it over and over to get one thing and it was a good reward you know it was like there was a point it felt good and it was exciting to get it and go do the scrying and do the thing you know that's one thing about MMOs that ESO's kind of been lacking because unless you're farming for gear or levels, there's really not too much of a grind in ESO. I, it's like PvP, what's the grind to get Grand Overlord? Well, that's an X, AP you know, grind. It's like, okay, that's kind of grindy, but the reward is lit- pretty much nothing. It's like a title in the game. It's not like some, oh, look at this dude. Grand Overlord has some you know, fire flying around his character at all times or anything, but, <laughs> um, you know, I think ESO ever since one Tamriel has been going away, like trying to get less of the pure MMO vibe, but this one, I think it was just a boom, like stake in the ground. Like we are still an MMO come farm some stuff. And, I've heard horror stories. I've heard people be like, oh my god, you know, I've been farming this thing a thousand times. They're lying, first off. They haven't done anything a thousand times. And second off, I had to do one dungeon probably eight times. I mean, you do it. It's not the biggest deal. If, Like I said, things are rewarding. You try it for a while, and then you get it, and you're like, yes, I'm so excited. So, I think that it's a good thing that they're a little bit tough to get overall. What do you think, dog? I mean, I like, like I said earlier, you know, you want a real grind, you just have to go, uh, you know, farm those monster trophies, which, you know, for whatever reason, they always drop when I'm on a different character. Like, I can be farming lurchers, and I can be farming lurchers, and then I go do Dark Shade 2 on, let's say, my, uh, Sork healer, and it'll drop the the lurcher piece, the lurcher monster <laughs> trophy, just during the dungeon run casually. It's like, why, why do you do this to me? It does it for the lurcher, the strangler, the cinch lion, and it's wow. 
And then similarly with these leads, it's like, you know, like I was in there farming uh, one of the dungeons with you and, you know, I get the leap before you, before you would like on my second try or first or second try of the dungeon. And you spent like eight more. Yep. It just shows how sometimes RNG likes to slap the person who actually wants something in the face. Yeah, especially since, you know, I didn't really want the uh, Eben Dwarven Mount because I have the awesome Valken Scoria Sench Mount. Yeah, it's all right. Dog is just hanging on to his Radiant Apex like anyone would, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I have two of them, just so you know. <laughs> what is the other one? The uh, Scarlet Sench. That doesn't, that's not a Radiant Apex. That's just like. I, I think a, it is. Yeah. I mean, is it technically considered that? Wouldn't it just be an Apex of the Ouroboros Mounds? I'll tell that you. you just can't buy. All right. Um, well, me and Dog are going to get into Ooh. There we go. Wow. That was good. We should have bet. Anyways. <laughs> But yeah, yeah so, I guess so one radiant apex, but I, that's why you love it so much, dude. But if he wasn't writing that one, he would definitely be writing the Scarlet one. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, of the dungeons, some can seem like, oh my god, I don't want to go do this. It's gonna be horrible, you know. Uh, in particularly, I've gone through like Elden Hollow one, Darkshade two, Volenfell, Blackheart. I mean. Yeah, some of those places could suck and they could be long, but if you do them on normal, you could still have a chance to get in the lead and everything is good. It's not too bad. There's a lot of people doing it. You might find something good. And as far as farming, it never took me more than a few hours, except for fishing. Screw fishing for leads. That's messed up. So, dog. Uh, we're kind of winding it down here, but I wanted to make sure that we talked about at least some of the special things you could get. Why don't you start us off? All right, so start us off. You know, you have the magical lances, and you have a chance to get one when you turn in your conquest missions, which is your kill 40 players, capture three keeps, capture three talents, or capture nine resources. Uh, I was testing it out for a little bit, and pretty much it has the same cooldown as Ballistas do, but it shoots multiple shots, and the the shots are not, you know, very accurate. They kind of are spread apart, so I think they'd be more... Uh, I think they'd be more viable on, like, if you're trying to defend, like... And attackers coming into a keep, so you'd place it like on a flag and shoot at the door, and it kind of just sprays, uh, just sprays you know the flag. When you say it shoots like that, you mean more like a scatter shot or something, right? It just shoots out a spread. No, it shoots like five uh different uh shots. Hmm. There's like five different projectiles at this. At the same time, or like a uh, kind of it, it shoots them like one right after the other. So kind of like if you're doing the bow ultimate, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Okay, but not it. 
directly in the spot you shoot it, it kind of moves around. Yeah, it kind of yeah, it's kind of like uh, like you might like you probably have your set target. I think maybe the first one will hit that target, and the other ones will kind of hit around the target. So hmm. it'd be That'd really be- good for like you know like ball groups, for example, like you know they they'll spread out on a siege, and that kind of depletes that effectiveness. Yeah, that spread. is super interesting. Definitely would like to see that in action. Yeah. Yep. And then I got that shock one. So, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why, you know, you got all the shocking puns. So, there are some awesome, you know, new PvP things that Dog clearly is going to keep trying out and reporting on. We all have faith in you, Dog. Yeah. And there's also a, uh, as far as like not an actual antiquity, but it's a side reward, the Indeco rune that we told you about earlier in the patch notes and such, as prismatic recovery and reduced cost, which is all three health, stam, and magicka. And it's a great little rune. And I would assume they're probably selling for a pretty good price. So. Let me stack up on those while you can. Go for those side things. Don't be like me and just skip them, you know, 90% of the time. Yeah, don't be like that. Be like dog. <laughs> Sometimes, dog. Calm down. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, no, definitely be like dog that time because you got to make that gold. Dog, <laughs> dog knows how to make that gold. So the next one we have for you guys, it's the emote you could get from Somerset. Um, I stumbled upon this one while looking for Sigic Portals in Somerset, which you need for a mythic item. And I came across it. It's one of the rivers, I think, kind of northeast. There's a ghost there dancing. And when you see it, you get the lead. And it's pretty awesome. Gives you this cool kind of, you know, gallant dance. I don't know. It's funny. If you could time it perfectly with two people, it would probably look cool. I don't know. What about the music box, dog? That's probably the first thing you're going to farm, right? The music box? Uh, I don't know. I might look into it. But it's the Oudmary Symphonia music box. And it takes three pieces. You get one piece from Julia boxes, one piece from Thieves Troves, and one piece from Safe boxes. So, hmm. Sounds like something that, you know, thieving would be nice. Too bad my inventory is full. Yeah, those fences, man. Yeah. But there's also this, you know, there's a cool uh, antiquity. It's called the Snow Prince Seat. And I think I have two of those already. So, yeah, just. Now, you all can enjoy this if you listen to the last episode where Doc literally said cool as the pun <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> Uh, yes, I posted this thing on Twitter. It's like, what like antiquities did you get that are cool? And then this person's like, oh, cool? Yeah, what antiquity that was cool? This is the Snow Prince chair. This is pretty cool. And of course, what did I do? I straight tag dogged in that. I was like, this is a love connection if I've ever seen it, man. Like, <laughs> this dog to this person should just talk in horrible puns to each other all the time. <laughs> I don't think they're horrible puns. I think they're awesome puns. 
Yeah. Horrible and awesome are subjective terms to say the least. I'm just kidding. Well, actually, I'm not kidding. That is a true statement. But regardless, one antiquity that is awesome that you should be talking about is the Dwarven Wolf Mount, the Ebon Dwarven Wolf Mount. It's freaking black gold Dwarven Wolf with a red diamond in its chest. And shockingly surprising how awesome it is when you roar and lightning covers your entire wolf's body. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, let's, let's hear it, dog. What, what do you have against the wolf, man? Like, just because you're radiant apex, you're just flexing that all the time? Well, you see, when I roar on my radiant apex, I become on fire. And that's pretty hot. One day when I'm not <laughs> lazy enough, I will find a cricket sound to put in there. I swear to God. <laughs> One day when we don't record and I have to immediately put things out the next day. But yeah, great, dog. That's that's great. I shouldn't. <laughs> that was my fault. So. Yes, yes, it was. Antiquity. Uh, most of the pieces come from delves and world bosses. There's 17 pieces. May sound like a lot. It's not too bad. One of them is locked behind the Fighters Guild storyline. You have to get kind of through there a bit in the Earth Forge. Now, dogged. If you have a character that has done the Fighters Guild storyline, they can go. Pick this one up, this lead, and your other character that does antiquities can do it, right? Yep, you definitely can. And I tested that out on that Dwarven Ebon mount when I got one of the pieces from farming it on my uh, damage magplar because Bob, you know, needed more damage in Darkshade too. And yeah, I did it on my healer who could actually do the purple or gold leads. And I was able to do it and no problems. Yeah, that's really good to know because not the fact that I needed help. Okay. Didn't need help. Just wanted a friend. Just kidding. Um, It's always nice to have more DPS when you're trying to farm stuff. But all uh, joking aside, this is a serious, serious tip that Dog has confirmed on multiple times now. And it's all in your journal. So go play the character that you want. Go farm with the character you want. Have your main with a lot of skill points be the one you do antiquities on. We didn't even mention. Well, we have mentioned it in other episodes, but this takes like 25 to 20, 25 to 30. I think it's 27 skill points. It is a lot. So do it. Make it the main one. The scry and excavate on be like one of your mains and then you could get these leads on any character now some of the hardest leads with the dwarven wolf mount i listed two that totally annoyed me dark shade two obviously dog you know <laughs> is gonna play a uh, white knight here but yeah uh that was actually the last lead i needed it was like super late at night and dog happened to still be awake so he jumped in there with me and we got to go farm it what, like three or four times. And I think you got it the first try and I finally got it. I think it was more like five or six, but 
Yeah, it was something like that. It went by fast, but and I had already done it a couple times before you had got there too. So yeah, so that one kind of sucks. And then there's also the worst one is being in Stros Mkai and having to just kill wolves and dwarven spiders. Oh my gosh, I would say go in. Um, crap, I don't know the direct name of it. But if you go to the main way shrine and stir some guy, it's like the Dwarven Ruin directly to the um, west. Like, I don't want to say but Nick. But I I, it's port hunting. No, not the way shrine, the actual Dwarven Ruin name right next to it. Well, the Dwarven Ruin is going to have the dwar- Dwarven Ruin symbol. But yeah, uh, I actually got uh, another one of those pieces when I had to kill stupid dwarven spiders while I was trying to get my uh, precursor pieces. And I got one of the leads for the uh, mount or whatever lead you got from killing the dwarven spiders. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't want these dwarven spiders to continue to spawn as I'm trying to pick up this piece. But why were you killing them and stress some Kai? Because there was a piece inside that uh, Dwarven Ruin in Shores Makai. Oh, I see. And they were in my way, and they needed to die. And then they spawned, and they needed to die again. And then I saw a chest, and I picked up the chest, and they spawned again, and then I needed to kill them. And then I left. So, you know, Dogged is still a, you know, animal murderer, but it's okay. Dwarven spider is not an animal. It's an animal and it's soul. It's a robot. Whatever. Robot, insect, all the same. I'm just kidding. Are insects animals? I don't know. This is too philosophical. Let's just get straight into mythic items. Um, They're awesome. I have two. I wanted to give you guys some quick locations of straight up. Um, All, I guess we could do one or the other man to start pick between the two dog why don't you do the wild hunt first and i'll do the stranglers list them off where can people get these all right you can find pieces in bosses of Merkmire, uh the world boss or uh the boss you can get them from the uh you can get them from the final boss in elden hollow one you can get it from world bosses in malabal tour you can get them from the bosses in the glenumbra public dungeon and you had to fight the bad man. And you can also get them from from two specific uh, world bosses of Pedla, Tarn, and Thudunder's View world bosses in Greenshade. Yeah, so each of those locations that Dog just said right now is going to have one specific lead. So you got to go do each of them. The Merkmire, Elden Hollow, Malvator, Glenumber Public Dungeon, and these world bosses in Greenshade. This set is so, so awesome, and it makes you just ridiculously fast running around. 15% increase in movement speed during combat, 45% outside combat. Put Rapids on that, and whoo, it's ridiculous. Dog is jealous when I run through things faster than him, so, you know. I love it until he gets that. <laughs> now, hear me out. Now, what if I was to you know, take that set and do it better by putting it on my Sork with uh, Marauder's Haste? So whenever I pop a shield and pop rapids, 
I have both major and minor and the uh, Marauder's Haste buffs and the Ring of the Wild Hunt buff and Streak. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I've actually been uh, considering going Ring of the Wild Hunt instead of Snow Treaders on my Sork for PvP. So I'm going to be curious to see how that goes. But it's yeah. an awesome set, and I would definitely recommend it. And another one I would definitely recommend, um, as we're running out of time here, Thrasian Stranglers. It's freaking awesome. Go get it. It will increase the crap of your DPS. My DPS went up 18k on average, just almost 20k, depending on what sets I'm wearing. My spell damage went up over 6,000 when fully buffed with potions, etc. Guys, this set, Thrasian Stranglers, is crazy. I know that when we saw patch notes, we thought maybe the downside of this set would be too much. It does, uh, you know, decrease your health, decrease your healing received, your shields, like the how good your shields are, and also your the damage you take your incoming damage is increased when it's at full stacks by 40%. This is 2% a stack and you could stack it up to 20 times. Now the downsides are there, but I've tested it and ran through a bunch of dungeons and it's all about the buffs because the amount of spell or weapon damage this thing gives you is absolutely insane the pieces you're gonna need to fish in artem fish in the strosum kai salt water get psychic portals in somerset and artem kill the world bosses of ardon and kill the karnwaston public dungeon bosses in somerset there is a lead to be found in each of those things i just said the worst two are fishing in Artem and fishing in Strosum Kai. I got lucky in Artem. It only took me three fish. Like, I put my thing in, fished three times. Strosum Kai took me four hours of fishing. So, that is literally on both ends of the extreme. And I hope that no one gets stuck too long fishing. But... I would highly recommend going for that set before they, uh, you know, do anything else to it and trying it for yourself. I think that I kind of want to go hit some, you know, hard stuff with uh, our end game group dog and see if this big increase in damage could help us or anything. Maybe, or maybe some ants are just gonna go mock up to you, hit you with a dizzy swing, and you're gonna go flying across the room. And I went well so hard. <laughs> Well, if you uh, <laughs> well, if you would have hung out with us the other night when I actually got to test this in dungeons, you would have seen that we were getting, we had a fake healer one time, and the other time they were very crappy healers, and I felt literally no difference. Like, literally, the only time that I was like, oh crap, I'm going to die is when I was running up into the ads in the first place. Of course, these were, you know, base game vet dungeons. City Vash 1, uh, uh, freaking Tempest Island, a couple ones like that. But there was no immediate, like, crazy one shot, like, you know, 
I need to test this in DLC stuff with you and a real healer, but just for doing like pledges and stuff like that, even with a fake healer, I wasn't feeling the drawbacks too much. And I am a good player who's avoiding damage, you know. Not everyone is, you know, as actively not get trying not to get hit at all as I am. But I'm really liking this, and I think that it could really help people do some serious damage. Yeah, it's possible. And I'm definitely going to drag you into some no-death thing, and we're going to try it and see how it goes. Sounds interesting. Now, we wanted to give you guys some last little tips and tricks before we wrap stuff up here. Um, Dog, do you want to go over uh, any of these before I dole out some? Uh, Yeah. So whenever you do antiquities, uh, you can get the side drops. And my recommendation is go to an area where you need the overland set or go to an area where you can get overland set pieces and sell them. Like, you know, Mother Sorrow, that's always a good set that, you know, if you play Magic characters, you can, you know, start farming that by doing the Antiquities. And, you know, when you kill the uh, world bosses too, you have a chance of getting weapons. You have a chance of weapon getting weapons from the uh, bonus loot if you need, you know, Anything like that, or you know, maybe you get a Mother Sorrow Inferno staff and you can sell it for a ridiculous amount of gold. The possibilities are endless, absolutely endless, and that is some great advice. You can get a lot of extras from the antiquities thing, and there's an achievement for getting 150 side things during excavations. and. Um, it gives you a memento too, so always go for stuff like that. And uh, we really gave out a lot of the tips and tricks through this. I don't really want to go back into too many of them in depth, but I'm just gonna sum it all up by saying use your passives, your superpowers, guys. I told you they're awesome, they are lifesavers, and when you're going for the big golden leads even purple ones they can really make a difference so use your powers to your advantage be smart about it take your time and yeah this system is something you can master and there is um a lot a lot of cool stuff that you know we don't have time to list every single thing or we'd be here all night but man the Especially for furnishings. If you're into that stuff, some of the furnishings in this antiquity system are absolutely amazing. And you could find, you know, places that have lists of all the leads and go farm the stuff you want. Once again, there are all kinds of those things out there for you guys. So, yeah. And be sure to open up your eye and by using the antiquarian's eye when you are searching for your dig locations. Yeah, some people just don't even know about that thing, man. And I feel terrible for them because I <laughs> literally will be lost without it pointing me in the right direction. Yeah. I can't, like, there's been a handful of times where I press it and it's like, look to the right. And I look to the right and it's like right next to me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep, so I guess you just need to open up your eye. 
Yeah, I, I guess so. Well, that about does it for us in antiquities. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you guys are loving the system. And if you aren't, or maybe you just haven't got into it, maybe you haven't tried it, go give it a try. I hope we, uh, you know, boiled your antiquarian blood and are, have gotten you excited to go try it. There's mythic items to get. There's a mount. There is furnishings. There is gold to be made. I feel like I skipped that at some point. I almost made 200k just leveling up this system with all the treasures you sell from excavating. So there's something in this for everyone. I think that you could find a way to enjoy it. Now, dogged, if people do enjoy this episode, want to tell us that we're awesome, or if they hate it and want to tell us that. You smell like cheese, and I'm pretty cool still. Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on our Xbox Guild of Heirs of the Red Diamond, uh, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord on robotsradio.net. And if you check out our show notes, you can see there that we have a link to our merch store and our music producer's, you know, site where you could contact him, Daniel Nisley. Plus, you could also see the link to uh, get 15% off any crate on Loot Crate. The code is there as well. Make sure you go in and use our code. or Make sure you go in and use our link if you're going to go do it. And we appreciate all the support you guys give. Speaking of support, if you guys could take any small amount of time out of your day to go review us or give us a uh, star rating on any of the podcast services, Apple Podcasts is a big one. A third of our podcast listeners are on Apple Podcasts. And um, we see you guys. If you could take a second and, you know, Give us a little rating. Even if you don't put words, it still really helps. And it helps get our podcast noticed. And honestly, for all of you listeners, the biggest thing you could do to help us is to tell a friend about our podcast. Tell your guild in ESO. Tell the people you play with. You know, hey, I listen to this freaking awesome Elder Scrolls Online podcast with these two cool dudes. They play on every server. And you guys could hit us up. And we could all do some fun stuff but even beyond playing together and just building the community it really helps our show grow and get to more ears and spread all this information as far and wide as possible and that is always me and dog's goal is you know to get this stuff out there for everyone now as far as us getting stuff out there to everyone dogged how are you doing that? Where are you on social media? I am on Twitter uh, at dogbark24, and then my Xbox gamer tag is also on dogbark24. Then I'm also on ESOPC of dogbark24 too. And my Twitter and Twitch is going to be Bob underscore Chichinsky. And you could also catch me at the same on ESOPC. Send me a friend request. 
and we can do some dungeons or something. I think I'm like 70 CP over there, you know, so I can't carry anyone, but we can, you know, still uh, find something fun to do. And on Xbox, I can definitely carry you through stuff. 8, 10 CP, more like 1300. By the way, have you passed me, dog? I'm like 1295. Um, I don't know. I haven't played today, so. Well, not yesterday, but. Fair enough. Well, just know that by the time you do pass me, I will be adding in my PC CP as well to make sure that I still (laughs) have a little bit longer to go. But anyways, that road we will there, that bridge we will pass when we get there. And yeah, that's uh, that's totally it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for hanging out, talking antiquities. Hope you guys are enjoying the new chapter, all the new systems and all the fun stuff. Me and Dog are definitely getting into it. I went crazy on antiquities. And yeah, we pretty much had to tear ourselves away from Elder Scrolls as it was to come record. And it was still an awesome time. Thank you so much for hanging out, Dog. Coming as always. We will see you guys next week talking more fun Elder Scrolls Online stuff. Thanks for hanging out again, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Yep. Bye, guys. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel.